1: Hey, Monster Mashers. Welcome to part two of the Great Pop Culture Debates episode devoted to the best movie monsters. I sold my soul to the devil, and all I got was this lousy podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Eric Resniak, <laughs> and I'm again joined by my panelists, Dan Howell, Kate Reculia, and Matt Turk. Did you already listen to part one, where we went from the final 32 to the scary 16? No? Well, drag yourself back to hell and find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you consume moderately amusing podcasts and get caught up. <laughs> Make sure you downloaded the listener bracket for this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com so you can play along at home. And now, let's meet our monsters. Going into the round two Sweet Sixteens, we've got Dracula versus the Grand High Witch. And Dan, talk to me about why you're picking the OG vampire.
2: Because he is the OG vampire. Like every vampire after Dracula was based upon Dracula in some capacity, whether it was his uh, demeanor, his um, kind of casual, seductive nature um, that he brought to the character were taking such a scary monster... But making him like, oh, yeah, but like, he's not a bad guy. Mm, I kind of like him. Um, <laughs> and even down to you, you, speech patterns and the way he says things and the way he dresses. Um, he really set the tone for so many vampires after him. Um, and even ones like Count Orlock, who we discussed in part one, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't yet. Um, you know, he, Count Orlock is based on... Dracula, they just took out the kind of humanistic qualities of him. Um, and he's been portrayed by so many actors in so many different capacities um, that he just, he, you know, he has the staying power and also he will just, um, you know, kill you and suck your blood. So, yikes.
1: <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, Matt, talk to me about the Grand High Witch.
3: The Grand High Witch, I feel like in the grand pantheon of Roald Dahl's Monsters, Um, And I feel like as an author, he wrote a lot of he was very like obsessed with monstrous qualities of things. I feel like she actually stands out as probably the most terrifying. And I don't know anybody who saw the movie version of the Grand High Witch as a child and wasn't permanently scarred in some capacity, (laughs) because I feel like a combination of. The amazing, like the Jim Henson's creature shop going like balls to the wall on like, actually, they could not play with felt Muppets, but could go further. And I feel like Angelica Houston's iconic performance, um, I feel like is just the perfect blend of as a kid. That is terrifying between her putting you in a painting or her transmogrifying you into something else. I feel like she is that mix of drama, terror, and gay icon that we have to reward.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she's what every gay man aspires to be. Like, we all want to be that terrifying, but we also want to have better shoes, and we also don't want to have conventions in that lousy convention center, let's be really
3: honest. So she can't pick a spot, but otherwise, you know... She, she she's she got it going. She's got it, yes. She
1: absolutely does. Kate, where are you on this one?
4: You know, I... I did see The Witches when I was a tender age. I saw it in the theater. So whatever it came out, like I was Same. seven yeah. or eight or something. And yeah. I don't like coccaliki. I like <laughs> this. <laughs> like, I love The Witches. And The Grand High Witch is an outrageously gorgeous awful disgusting horrifying use of makeup it's fantastic Mm -hmm. i don't think i can give it to her over the sort of cinematic cultural relevance of dracula but i do gotta say it's fantastic
1: I'm in a similar place as Kate. Like, I have yep. nothing but respect for that movie. Angelica Houston is so good in that. The prosthetics are incredible. Child is no longer a child. It's so, like, child. About Kate, it
3: I'm smells. here for the live reading. I'm here for it. I'm ready. Let's go.
2: Yeah, I want a podcast of Kate just quoting The Witch.
1: Absolutely. Let's that, make it happen. Um, it, yeah, I think it's, a, it, it's such a great film. And if you haven't seen it, please go back and find it. It wasn't a huge hit, but I think it has staying power. Yeah. Yeah. As we've said Absolutely. about Dracula and it's well.
2: streaming on Netflix.
1: Oh, that's good to know. Thank <laughs> you. It was I the will last check that movie out. that Jim Henson actively worked on mm-hmm. before he passed away.
2: Yeah. I
1: do want to do a Jim Henson bracket. It's, well, we're yes. doing Buffets for season are, three, which but, is yeah. very Hello. exciting. So it is. Um, But so uh, all of that said, I can't not give it to Dracula. Like Dracula is, he supersedes everything. And I don't know how you would have a a monster bracket and Dracula's not at least making Elite Eight. So
3: can I I just say, can I just say, Dracula absolutely no match for, for Buffy like literally one episode like done and dusted like not that great so I'm just putting it out there so.
1: that's a fair that's a fair point um but I also will point out that if you go to the bram Stroker's Dracula directed by Coppola he also mm. has that delicious like tear and share bread hairstyle yes. so yes. Right for parties.
3: absolutely fair uh, this is an equal argument that I understand so
1: yeah exactly <laughs> all right so we will be advancing advancing Mr. Dracula, uh, Count Dracula, I, I, I'm not being using my honorifics properly, um, to the Elite Eights. Next up, we have Patrick Bateman versus Carrie, and I had already asked our panelists beforehand. At this point, we're all unanimous in moving Carrie to Elite Eight. Does anybody want to say anything about Mr. Bateman before we go along? I'm going freaking- to take that as a No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's That pretty. was an intense silence. <laughs> it was.
1: He's a fantastic killer, yep. And he has great taste in music. Like <laughs> he really yeah, has to be. Really the music's he
2: amazing. Does. I kind of want to live in his apartment. Yep, for sure. But-
4: Relief washed over me in an awesome wave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will just be quoting all of the movies from here. A time- well, holly jolly Christmas. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks.
1: <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, so next up we have Beetlejuice versus Joan Crawford, a battle of the divas. Um, I will speak I on this half.
4: Love thinking of these as all title matches. Like, yes, yes. Or corner.
1: like a Mortal Kombat game. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes,
3: this I want to play sure? desperately. Coming
1: out on Switch. So Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ta-da. I did it. We finished the, I I called a demon. We finished the podcast. (laughs) Go home, everybody. This one, he is a monster. I think we can all agree that he is unequivocally a monster. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he's also a goddamn delight. Like, mm-hmm. when you're watching that movie, even though you know he's not a good person, and he's doing some really terrifying things, and he's obviously up to no good, you, I don't know about you, but I all root for him. He seems like a great time, and he uh, <laughs> seems like someone I'd want to have drinks with. Um, he's got an eye for fashion. He is good. He can hang with the kids. Um, What a prankster. Uh, But like the the whole world that has been crafted around this character in this movie is so genius to me. It's really weird that there's never been a sequel. There was obviously the animated spinoff. But like this is peak Tim Burton. This is a rich, rich source material that he's playing with. Was it based on anything or did he just come up with this?
4: That's a good question. I don't know. My
3: understanding is it's an original yeah that's, that's my what i'm saying it's an original tim burton yeah
1: it's fucking great and and to me like i wish he kind of held on to that level of creativity which is a whole yeah. other topic but we all do um, it is <laughs> yeah. to me that is a flawless movie and i think that beetlejuice is a fantastic movie monster and you know i love joan crawford with that i'm going to pass it off to kate
4: Uh, so this is kind of a personal thing Beetlejuice scared the ever loving shit out of me as a child Um, (laughs) was it the sandworms? it was the sandworms, it was the part where like Gina Davis is like pulling her like face out of shape it was the part where Beetlejuice is forcing Winona Ryder to marry her against her, marry him against her will it was the part when the shrimp cocktail grabbed their faces, I was (laughs) not prepared for the level of absurd like freaky clowning that happened in this (laughs) film. And I I
0: just,
4: like, I I love I saw a lot of, like, messed up shit as a kid, and I loved it, but Beetlejuice was not for me. (laughs) I appreciate it very much as, as an adult. I also do not like Beetlejuice. I think he is disgusting.
0: <laughs>
4: I do think, it's
2: full of bugs.
4: Yeah, I do think Alec Baldwin is an unconsciously unconscion- word. Very hot. Very attractive. He is very hot in that movie. He is, he's very hot in that he's
2: movie. Yeah, in this that is also movie. peak Alec Baldwin. It is
4: peak Alec Baldwin. And peak Gina Davis. There's many, many things to recommend that film, but... It's not a personal favorite of mine. So I was like, you know what, Joan, I'm going to go down with the ship. I'm going to stand over here and
1: celebrate you,
4: you know, don't fuck with me, fellas, etc.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Matt, where are you on this one?
3: Oh, I'm team Beetlejuice. Again, he's full of bugs. We got weird German expressionist like neon lighting. I'm all about Beetlejuice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Dan. Oh, yeah, Beetlejuice all the way. All
1: right. Well, I'm sorry. This is, well, at least it wasn't Joan's first time at a rodeo. So she has that going for her. Uh, next time, we are next up. We have Pennywise versus Ghostface from Scream. And Matt, talk to me about Pennywise.
3: I feel like I should be more embarrassed than I am about the level of some of these that I saw as an adult rather than as a kid. Um, And I feel like that's just one of those cases where, like, you know, we all have gaping holes. In our knowledge, some of us more than others. Eric, never mind. Don't please don't discuss my
1: gaping hole on this podcast.
3: <laughs> it was something that not your gaping hole. Never mind. Anyway, editors cut this out. Um, it was something that <laughs> do not cut this out, a, editors. <laughs> it was something I knew of, I knew of generally speaking, but somehow I had completely missed the plot of it until the remake came out. And I had, I went to a press screening of it. Um, And literally, I was like, oh, there's a clown, and there's a balloon, and it's Stephen King. And that's all I knew about it. And in the opening scene where the tentacle of Pennywise comes out of the sewer, grabs Georgie, rips off his limb, and then starts pulling him down, like, I literally turned to Adam, and I was like, what the fuck are we watching? What is this movie about? I thought there was a clown. Like, I... As an adult, legitimately, I was horrified by what I was watching. I really enjoyed it. So, and you you must know, listeners,
1: Matt Turk has a very serious horror uh, or fear of tentacles. That is the truth. It is not funny. And our friends like to tease him about this funny. but it's it's, it's funny. not funny so i'm sure that was really triggering for you
3: i was like this is a clown and then suddenly there's a tentacle and i was like i i was i was not prepared and i was like full hood over my eyes scooched down in the seat like trying not to scream watching this as a 30 something year old i was <laughs> it was uh so i'm pennywise because mm-mm, no nothing goes against <laughs>
1: We all float down here. Uh, Kate, (laughs) were you going to talk about Ghostface?
4: I mean, I will continue to stump for Ghostface just because in the way that Michael Myers is this sort of like evil without emotion that could be anywhere at any time Ghostface is a person who can be anyone that you already know who's already in your life as dewey makes the case to sydney in the second movie saying well if someone is coming after you again it's someone you already know so you're probably going to end up killing your boyfriend passively um even though he's not the bad guy this time um and that is a very terrifying idea to me But, you know, at the same time, if Pennywise goes forward, I fucking hate clowns. So, like, I get it. I really get it. And, I mean, it is about the terror of childhood and realizing that, like, not, you cannot be protected from everything. And that, like, adults are blind to, like, crazy stuff that's going on around you. Um, Ultimately, is the reveal that Pennywise is, like, some weird ancient interstellar spider kind of lame and dumb? Yes.
2: (laughs) But in his
4: clown form, he is horrifying.
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: so it sounds like Kate, you're you're still sticking with Ghostface. Yes, 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 yes. Matt's obviously Pennywise. Dan, where are
2: you? I am Pennywise. Yeah,
1: I, I'm also Pennywise on this one. No, I, I love the arguments you've made for Ghostface, Kate. You really have, like, you've made me take them cons- uh, very seriously in this bracket, which I wasn't before. But in terms of like which one is again more monstrous? Yes, uh, I, I, I'm going with Pennywise. Yeah. Uh, next up it's the Wicked Witch of the West versus Gremlins another hilarious uh, matchup <laughs> again I'd like to see this film I'll, I'll talk on behalf of the witch here um, I, I mentioned in the last one like how many of our panelists were scared of her as a kid and I think we got three out of four admitted that they were scared of her as a child. I think that The the Witch, really, there is a cultural relevance to this portrayal that is undeniable, and I also think in terms of the performance by Margaret Hamilton, the filmmaking that was deployed at the time at which it was deployed, and the fact that uh, that's 1930s, right? Is it 1934 for Wizard of Oz? Uh,
4: 39, I think? Hold on. See, I think okay. it's 39,
3: because 39 was like one of those big yeah, years, Yeah, it was right? the
4: year that Gone with the Wind came out, too.
1: Yeah, so you're talking 80 years later, that character and that uh, interpretation of it is still as relevant as it always has been. That is tremendous to me. And so I think that she really is a legendary and I think it's an unquestionable monster. Like she, and I hear what you're saying about the wicked kind of um, humanizing her, et cetera. And and, and yes, I'm considering that like parallel universe version of the witch. That's fair. Um, she's just this incredibly malicious greedy person who's willing to terrorize slash kill a, a a kid to get a fabulous pair of shoes and I can identify with that so um <laughs> <laughs> that's how I approach my ne- my niece and nephew like <laughs> um, no but in all seriousness that's why I'm putting forth the witch I think that she is. Uh, and nothing against gremlins. I love the gremlins. But I think that she, to me, is a more marquee monster than, say, Grumlins, But I'm going to pass it to Dan for that
2: um yeah and again and this this is a tough matchup because again i'm not i'm not opposed to the wicked witch moving on i will say my favorite iteration of the wicked witch portrayed by margaret hamilton is probably from the paul lind halloween special oh my god <laughs> because she's yeah. in it it's in the whole thing and it's incredible and you can find it on youtube i watch it every yes. year halloween <laughs> it's great and it's insane but so so the gremlins You know, they are, again, they're these creatures that are just out for blood. Like, they're just here to kill. Um, They are here to take people down. They're here to infiltrate a society and become the dominant species. Um, They're not concerned about your shoes. They are just going to kill you. They are going to drive a tractor through your house. They are going to drown you in a pool. They are going to do whatever they need to do to take over the world essentially and again it you know like matt said uh in the the first round they have that capacity to reproduce chaos um in their ability to reproduce themselves like there is no foreseeable end to gremlins if they take hold um also their sequel is amazing i so love too. <laughs> like the sequels in Incredible because you really see these gremlins like they become part of society. Uh, they the are movie. trying to run the show, and it's yes, that's bananas. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it is, yeah. Like, we quoted Gremlins too heavily as children. It is one of my brother's and I's favorite movies.
2: Oh, it's so good.
1: But it, it, that does raise a good point. I would say, though, as we say that the Wicked Witch's weakness is water. The Gremlins' weakness is sunlight, so they both kind of are equal footing on that one. So, Kate, where are you coming down on this one? I
4: I mean, the Gremlins have their appeal, and the scene with his mother, Billy's mother, killing them in the kitchen is brutal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is a vicious scene. (laughs)
4: Vicious sequence for a PG movie, just absolutely vicious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, But I can't knock the Wicked Witch of the West. She is Hollywood monster royalty.
1: Matt Duterk, where are you coming down on this one?
3: I feel that I also am, I love the gremlins, but I cannot deny the argument that the witch is is royalty. I'm literally just repeating what Kate just said. Literally what Kate just said. That's exactly it. So, yes, I am also, I'm doing that thing. So, yes, I agree, witch. Going witch.
1: All right. So, sorry about that, Dan. Gremlins are getting knocked out. I get it. You get it. All right. Next up we have Michael Myers from Halloween versus Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. That is a bizarre matchup. It I'm really gonna throw is. it to Kate on Mr. <laughs> Myers.
4: I just like if Michael Myers came into the shop <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what
2: would happen. You uh, so like, you're not like, talking. Look
4: at Audrey 2 like with a little tilt of the head <laughs> and like look at his knife and be like like and like leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Michael Myers is you know, in the way that um, The Wicked Witch of the West is sort of like first half of the 20th century Hollywood monster royalty, second half of the century Hollywood monster royalty. You know, when, when Halloween came out, it just completely recreated, reinvigorated a whole new genre of, of horror film. And part of that, part of the power of that is that Michael Myers is a shape, literally the shape that you can read anything onto right he's just sort of omnipresent he's there like the arguments made in the first round and there's just something very chilling about that he's uh he is sort of a he's a ghost he's a ghost in the machine which i know refers to something else but <laughs> 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 but yeah and there's there's something about that that's archetypal in in the second half of um 20th century american
1: film it's an interesting argument chronologically was he the first of the like big slashers
4: he, I think he was the first of the sort of like slashers with a personality because like Black Christmas is kind of the first slasher movie, sure, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have like a figure, right? Like a like an right. idea of a of a person yeah. who's coming after you, right?
1: But like uh, Friday the Thirteenth is that after? I think original Halloween, yeah. After. Plus, yeah. Jason's mm-hmm. not the yeah. killer in the first movie; exactly. it's his mom. So yeah. right. he's yeah. so Michael Myers really is like the. Biggest of, of the like of the prototypical 80s slasher ones, he's he's the the father of it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. That helps me. Uh I'm gonna give it to you, Matt for defense of Audrey Two.
3: Uh I feel like this reiterates many of my uh normal points. Uh no. it is it is a puppet, it <laughs> sings, it has style, it has <laughs> grace. <laughs> And it wants to eat people. What more do you need? This is it. This is the ultimate. Audrey 2 is everything I want. (laughs) Oh, I mean, in a monster, not me personally. It's
1: fine. (laughs) It has style. It has flair. It was there. And that's how it became. Audrey
4: 2.
3: Audrey 2. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's my argument. I'm going with that
1: all right Matt or Dan where are you coming down on this one
2: um I got I gotta give it to Michael Myers yeah oh. I, mean, I love Audrey too but uh he's just so fucking creepy where,
1: where it's it's go ahead Kate
4: I was gonna say I was gonna ask where you were coming down Eric
1: So initially I was not really bullish on Michael Myers because I think I kind of referenced this in part one. I don't find Halloween that scary now. Like of those movies, that's when I like it's well-made. Don't get me wrong. It's suspense. Like I, Mm I, I think it's really good, but I don't find it actually scary. But I think in terms of, what uh, a cultural resonance you can't discount the slasher yeah it's an entire genre and you wouldn't have that genre really without michael myers
4: yeah according to wikipedia right now that talking about friday the 13th created to cash in on the success of halloween which was made in mm-hmm. 1978 so there yeah, you go yeah it started the trend i
1: also give him points because it's a william shatner mask <laughs> right. the basis yes. of his face which yeah. i think is hilarious I think it's fascinating as a franchise because it's had a lot of fits and starts. Yeah. Um, like they went through the whole like demonic possession thing. Then they went through the whole uh, weird mask. No, Was it number that was four or five? Three. That, yeah,
2: was that was three. Yeah, and yeah. it is. So weird. It's own timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is.
1: And then you had the reboot done by Rob Zombie, which I did not hate and now you have the re re reboot which is the bloomhouse version and like i think that of all those slasher ones it has the most legs yeah. and so i think even though i don't find them necessarily scary clearly there's something about him even though he's a cipher as a character right like michael myers himself does not have a characteristic
4: yeah other than other
1: than relentlessness Right. relentlessness yeah. Yeah. and the omnipresence of him. It's, like, very much the Samwell song from the 80s. Someone's watching me, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, for that reason, I'm going to go with Michael, and, and we'll move him along to mm-hmm. our Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have another unanimous decision. It's the Xenomorph from Alien versus Candyman. And we all came down on the side of the Xenomorph. So we'll be seeing him again in a second. And finally, uh, what I consider to be a really tough matchup, it's Freddy Krueger versus Hannibal Lecter. Matt, why don't you go ahead and talk about Hannibal first?
3: So Hannibal, generally speaking, as a character, I just I find fascinating for the same reasons we've previously talked about. Like, what do you find scary? And I think that we, generally speaking, as an American culture, find cannibalism absolutely terrifying and revolting. Um, I personally think it's like a really fascinating idea, um, simply because of like the fact that I was very stuck on one of the daily show skits when not skits exactly, but you know, the, the coverage when Samantha B was covering the fact that a, uh, paleontologist had been, uh, trying to like go through and find different aspects of cultures and ended up creating a, uh, a tofu that they said tasted like human flesh because they wanted other people studying to be able to understand like what human flesh tasted like without actually tasting like human flesh. And I think that therefore it's fascinating because it's this whole taboo we're terrified of. And so I find therefore Hannibal Lecter like terrifying on the level that he's crazy, but also he's meticulous and he touches into something that actually we're all terrified of
1: that is such an interesting argument and I'm probably going to um, get in trouble here. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to raise eyebrows with this statement. I don't think Hannibal Lecter is crazy. No, I, I don't think, think that, he's crazy at all. <laughs> I mm. think he is perfectly sane. Yeah. And I think, mm. I don't even think Hannibal thinks of himself as a cannibal because Hannibal doesn't think of himself and human beings on the same level. Yeah. Mm. I think Hannibal looks oh. at, this is my interpretation and people can tell me I'm crazy based on, and I, th- I think I read one of the books in the series, and I watched both of the movies, and then I watched a good chunk of the, the TV series, which is really interesting. Which
3: I love the show. Love yes. the show.
1: Yes. Um, and my sense of the character is that he looks at people the way that people look at Animals. They're they're not even on the same level intellectually. Mm -hmm. And so he's detached from them in a way. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's a mental disorder, maybe, Mm. but I don't think of him as irrational. And that's why I love him as a Mm -hmm. character. This is a really hard choice for me because I think he is terrifying. Because he is what happens when you have a genius who is completely unshackled himself from the general rules that we all agree on as society, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That to me is so compelling, and mm-hmm. it's captivating. I actually love Hannibal. I know that that is a... Most people think that movie's garbage. I love it. I think it's a great movie, and I was in for the whole thing. That's
4: the one with um, where they eat Ray Liotta's brain, right?
1: Yes, okay. and it's Julianne Moore <laughs> replaces. I think he... I mean, <laughs> obviously, the performance by by um, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins is incredible. Yes, uh, of course. Peerless, flawless. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the character's amazing. You are not going to hear me say a bad word about Hannibal. I am here to defend Freddy Krueger. So <laughs> I will say. <laughs> right? yep. So that I'm going to make a great segue. Turn, right? Um, I think if we're talking about the 80s slasher monsters, Freddy is the most monstrous of them and what a genius creature because he can kill you while you sleep. Let me take uh, you back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just I say, I my just say,
3: no, no. I just wanted to say literally that I think is up there on very, very high on my list of 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 things that terrify me, is literally like dying in your sleep. That kind of unfinished feeling.
1: And you cannot escape from him, right? Yep. Like he can get you no matter where you are. It is yep. a great Concept for a character, mm-hmm. a monster specifically. I saw Friday or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. When I was six years
3: old. Oh, oh my God. Oh, 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 oh.
1: babysitter decided it would be a great idea. Who was idea. that babysitter? She must have done it. I don't even know. No. I honestly I couldn't even tell you who it was. But she Yikes. had her, her gentleman friend over, and it was myself and my older brother, who is four years older than I am. And she let us watch Night Ran Elm Street 1. And we refused to go to bed that night. We stayed up the whole night long. One of my proudest achievements in life is that Brian, my older brother, vomited in the middle of the night because he was so scared and I didn't. (laughs) So, that gives you my edge my, But Freddy Krueger is fucking terrifying The scarification, the razor claws the, He was burned in a uh, He was like, was he an actual pedo Or was he basically in the, like in the first, Maligned In the first
4: movie he was a child murderer In the reboot okay. they made it more explicit That he was a pedophile Which was what they wanted okay. to do I believe in the original one But they didn't make it explicit He just killed children in the first okay. one
2: I mean, whatevs. Whatevs. <laughs> like, just like hairs at that point, like <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, like it's he's terrifying from front to back, yeah. and I, I like the kills in those movies are incredibly cinematic, and mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's got a charisma to him. Like Freddy, this is a really hard matchup. These, in my opinion, these should have both been number one seeds. This should be a final four matchup. Yeah. But if I have to choose which one of them I consider to be more of a monster. I'm going with Freddie here, even though if we push forward Hannibal, I get it because he's he's just as much of a monster. So with all of that said, there's no wrong choice here. Kate, where are you coming down? Hardcore Freddie. Hardcore. Dan.
2: Yeah, I have Freddie going on. But the, man, these were amazing arguments for Hannibal because this was a really tough matchup. It was. This one was hard. Super.
3: I agree.
1: Yeah. And I think you did a great job supporting Hannibal, Matt. And I think it's a matter of debate. Like, is he crazy or is he not? And people and think- I'm sure will- Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, no, no. I I jumped in on you. I think that uh, absolutely, like, this is one. Yeah, this is top tier, and I'm not at all sad about Freddy Krueger because I agree. I think he's terrifying and a great monster.
1: Great. Um, I I think people will have strong opinions on this one, and I really look forward to you sharing them with us on social media or on the website, greatpopculturedebate.com. Find us. So that's our Elite Eight. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. I'm going to go around the horn and just get votes for people. In the first matchup, we have Dracula versus Carrie. I'm going to start with Matt Turk. Where are you coming down?
2: Oh, uh, I'm going Carrie.
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to give it to Dan.
2: Uh, I got it. Yeah, Carrie.
1: Interesting. Kate, I know you're Carrie. Carrie. Vote for Carrie. i uh, <laughs> <for Tom laughs> queen. we, saw we for The first time. Yeah. Um, I actually would have voted for Dracula for the record. I think that Dracula is the more iconic of the two, but I understand when I'm beaten. Uh, so <laughs> Carrie advances to final four. Next up, it's Beetlejuice versus Pennywise. I'm going to start with Kate. Wow.
4: Pennywise. But that's a very like, like uh, they're pretty evenly matched.
1: I agree. That's a very even matchup. Uh, Matcha Turk?
3: I I like both, but I got to say I prefer Beetlejuice.
1: Okay. Dan?
3: They're both great, uh, but I am
2: Beetlejuice.
1: And in this one, I actually am going to give it to Pennywise, which means we are going to have a tie. And I believe the tie break is back to me, correct?
4: I think so, yeah.
3: I think so. I don't know
1: okay so we are now i'm gonna sorry folks uh but we're gonna i'm gonna use the tiebreaker and move pennywise to the f- uh final four wicked witch versus michael myers uh <laughs> matt to turk <Duterk.
3: laughs> michael myers
1: <laughs> uh kate reculia i'm gonna
4: give it to the wicked witch
1: dan howell
2: michael myers
1: uh i'm also gonna go with michael here um, I think it's important to have slasher represented in the final four, and I, as we've discussed, he's kind of like the proto slasher. Mm-hmm. The final one is Xenomorph versus Freddy Krueger, and I'm going to start with Dan Howell.
2: Uh, I am. I'm going with Xenomorph. Okay, uh, Kate.
4: I'm going with Freddy, but Interesting. I yeah, just because. Ooh. Well, do you want to hear me out? Do you want a little more argument, or do you want? Yeah, to, okay. I want to hear it. Yeah. So the xenomorph is absolutely terrifying. Unbelievable creature design. Unbelievable filmmaking for the majority of the films, um, and you know, just an incredible every everything about the way that the alien works is horrifying. Next level. Um, and it has it has that sort of cultural relevance, and it and it is uniquely cinematic. To see an experience Alien on a big screen is part of the terror. Freddy Krueger is he has that cultural relevance. He is very unique. He is a a, a slasher with a very specific backstory who. Ha- preys on people the children of people who have wronged him right and he's also very versatile right like there's some of the movies are very straight horror some of them are a little more of a comedy and then you get to like new nightmare which is like meta uh like a meta horror movie that paves the way for movies like scream uh but the thing about freddy that i think makes him stand out for me in terms of he is the best movie monster I'm just tipping my hand right now what is a movie but like an imagined vision right that is how freddy kills you he kills you with movies he kills you with these sort of imagined creations in your mind and the the imagination and the effects and the sheer freaking weirdness of some of the stuff in those movies is so powerful and so like a part of where he gets that power from is the fact that it is a movie and that it is a cinematic medium, and that is my argument for Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's a great
1: meta argument. Thank well you, well done, ma'am. Thank you, well done, ma'am. Uh Matt Turk, where are you coming down on this one?
3: I was going to say Alien, but Kate completely swayed me. So really, I like like listen. I think that the Xenomorph is absolutely terrifying, but listen, I Kate sold me. I'm I'm going Freddy. Thank
1: you. So thank you. I. I would like since we haven't really discussed Xenomorph at all, I would mm-hmm. like to take the opportunity to discuss that character mm-hmm. and it's the one I actually have going all the way and here's why. I think you do. Um the Xenomorph, I mean, you want to talk about a character where the movies are versatile. The difference between the first Alien, which is very much a suspense film, it's it's a sci-fi movie, it's also a suspense film, it's also a horror film, it's a body horror film, and then you look at it over the course of Aliens, which is just a full-on action, like like jaw dropper. Then mm-hmm. you get to alien three and it becomes a prison movie and it becomes something completely different. I'm not going to talk about resurrection. That's a hot boo boo <laughs> mess.
0: <laughs> but like Prometheus
1: also is a completely different type of movie again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're all really different movies. And at the center of it, you have what i and the reason I put the the Xenomorph as my number one is, We've talked about how some one of the elements that makes certain things like romance scary is the reproducible aspect of it. The If you talk about a creature alone, there is nothing more um, horrific to me than the xenomorph, something that will implant itself in you without you having any say of it. It will overtake you, and you will become the breeding ground for more of it, and it will just conquer. They are basically oh. indestructible, and th- it is... Fucking horrifying from the face huggers to the chest burster to the actual xenomorph itself. The fact that they can become different, like whatever they implant themselves in, they take on that characteristic terrifying to me mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and a level like the thing was terrifying. The xenomorph is even more terrifying to me. So I hear what Kate's saying and, and I totally get the edge that Freddie has, because if we're talking about movie monsters, what's the better thing than somebody that kills you in the way that movies are made through imagination? Mm-hmm. it's a very clever argument thank dear, you <laughs>
0: um,
1: but if I'm talking about movie monsters there is nothing more monstrous to me than the xenomorph uh, it is uh, and in, I believe in the canon they are designed specifically to be killing machines That's the mm-hmm. entire reason they exist is mm-hmm. to wipe out entire societies mm-hmm. it's fucking terrifying
3: I, I feel like also with that though one of the things that's in interesting when you talk about like the type of fear that each one manifests like the xenomorph one for me feels like a very, like a physical fear. Like you actively are scared of it. And Freddie, because, you know, he is a, you know, at times a physical being, but then also in effect enters your actual, you know, mind and dreamscape. I feel like is a more of like an, an overwhelming sense of like, like, inescapability like the alien also like you know is coming for you at all times because it's a killing machine i just it's really interesting to me that i it feels to me almost like putting pitting together like like a fear of mind versus a physicality fear because the alien to me feels so visceral like it's really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. i think that's a great argument very true yeah because yeah
4: Freddie. Yeah, Freddy kills your brain. There's no place you can sleep, or no place you can hide from him. And like conceivably, you could hide from the alien. You could get on another ship and get away.
1: Right. Newt hid from the aliens for at least a little while in Aliens, the sequel. So, Matt, are you sticking with Freddy? I am, yeah. Dan, where are you coming down?
2: I'm going to stick with the xenomorph. These are amazing arguments, though. But, I mean, yeah, that xenomorph, Eric, like you said, just everything about that character just gives me the... Yeah, heebie-jeebies mm-hmm. um, yeah from implantation to sheer destruction it's, it's frightening
1: so I'm actually going to um, I'm going to do something unexpected <gasps> I'm going to swing my vote after that debate, and Whoa! I'm actually going to give it to Freddie
2: just Whoa!
1: happened Whoa! I know
4: <laughs> I'm like clacking my razor glove appreciatively at you <laughs>
1: That's part of the thing, right? like with Freddie like even, even you didn't even have to see him in the early movies like just hearing the screeching metal sound of his glove going against the fence mm-hmm. and that terrifying nursery rhyme that they did oh. the, the haunting Two nursery. Phrase, don't, even do don't, even do don't even do it. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. don't even do it. I can't do it. Can't do it. Um, that's evocative. It's really evocative. So our final four is Carrie versus Pennywise and michael myers versus freddie krueger at this what? point i always like to take a step back and see how we did um i think this is a great final four really i think this is the only possible yeah like i'm not even gonna say that i think it's they're all terrifying in their own way and i'm gonna go to the final votes i'm gonna give it to dan howell first carrie versus pennywise
2: oh god um we're gonna go with carrie um yeah I she's just going to fuck you up.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to Matt the Turk next.
3: Ah, oh, this is so tough. Because again, I feel like it comes down to like very different feelings on terror or movie monster iconicness, which I feel like is. And I feel like. Okay, I am gonna. I feel like I'm going to argue against myself in certain cases, what I've said previously. I feel like in this case, I'm going to go carry because I feel like that is an that is an image that it stands the test of time. I'm going to carry
1: interesting kate i know you're going with carrie i am going with carrie i mean if they really were like
4: fighting each other pennywise would probably win (laughs) (laughs) because pennywise would know how to prey on all of her insecurities but then i mean she took out betty buckley she could take out pennywise
1: (laughs) fair um I would have voted for Pennywise, and I'm still going to vote for Pennywise because if we're talking about monsters, I consider Carrie to be more of the victim of the story. We mm-hmm. talked about this with Frankenstein's monster. Yep, That's more of a victim, a point. yeah, rather yeah. than mm-hmm. the monster. But she yeah.
2: is, yes.
4: but she is the monster. She does is do she, that. She does do I mean, that.
2: But what if she had been nurtured instead of tortured? Would she have ended up being a monster, or would she have used her power for good? Am uh,
1: I the only person who like applauded when she did that? I was like. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, Good wait. for you. I mean, they
2: have it coming.
3: This does yeah. doesn't come down to, though, in this case, like, do we... Do we feel like the monster has to be the villain? Because right. in this case, no, I feel like she's a tragic in this monster. case very much. No, I'm like, um, yeah, no, girl, you get it. You're right. She's in the right.
1: She's a monster <laughs> hero, sort of. Yeah.
3: Yeah. She,
1: she is a monster hero for sure. I guess I don't think I, I'm glad she's here. I'm glad she's made it far and <laughs> the thing. I just I don't consider her to be monstrous in the same way that I consider, say, Pennywise to be overtly monstrous. I think Carrie is someone who, who I I understand why she 100% fits the the mold of a monster. But I I think that she was the victim of that story. And I have nothing but empathy for her. And it's fine Mm -hmm. to have empathy for monsters, but I have none for say any of the other three that are in this final four. Carrie, I have empathy for but none of the other. So I do. So Mm -hmm. ultimately (laughs) that's my argument for Pennywise. To me, he is full on monster with none of the, I feel bad for you. And I know when I'm licked. So, is everybody else sticking with Carrie?
2: Yep. Eric, you have flipped my vote no! to Pennywise. No! Uh-oh. See? Oh, wait, wait, no.
4: Hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Oh. <laughs> so, here's the thing, right? Pennywise is evil. He's just a monster. He doesn't complicate our idea of what a monster is. Carrie complicates our idea of what a monster is and makes us sit with the horror of power and community and pain. And like, that's why I think she's super special
1: as a figure. All right. Yeah. Okay. And I don't deny any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matt, are you sticking with Carrie?
3: I'm, I'm sticking with Carrie. I think that Pennywise is, is, is great, but I feel like Pennywise isn't quite as iconic in visual appeal. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, So Dan, are you sticking with Pennywise with me? Yeah. I'm going to stick with Pennywise. (laughs) So here's the thing. At the final four, I'm not going to do a tiebreaker. I don't think that that's fair. So I think we have to come to an agreement. And with that being said, I'm willing to give my vote to Carrie if it means advancing.
3: <laughs> it's like, I just need to move a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: don't think that it's appropriate to use... Much like Carrie's telekinetic yes. powers, to, <laughs> I don't think it's fine to use my my, my tie breaking abilities at this stage in the competition. So, um, I think what I'm hearing is, at one point, three of you were pro Carrie. So I think Carrie is the right choice here. Listen, I listen.
2: She's a great choice.
1: She's a great choice. <laughs> All right. Final two for Carrie: Michael Myers versus Freddy Krueger. I'm going to throw it to matchaturk Turk first.
3: Uh, Krueger. It's yeah, as as we established, Dreamscape terrifies me. Dan Howell. Uh, yeah, I got to go with Freddy. He's just fucking scary.
1: Kate Regolia?
4: Oh, Freddy Krueger, 100%.
1: Yeah, it, that's a sweep for me for Freddy Krueger as well. Yeah. So well, here it is, folks. Final two. Oh, boy. Perry versus Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> this, this-, this
3: is the video game I want to play. I'm going to be- Oh <laughs> my
1: God, yes. <laughs> Both people who were killed in schools so I, I do want to point that out
0: um, no, Carrie died when well, she
1: got home
4: she did, did she she? Made, it, she made it home she crucified Piper Laurie and then she pulled the whole
1: house down on top of her yeah. oh,
2: that's yeah. what
1: happened in my head it's, this, it's the school gym that collapses on her, but no, you're right she gets it's, out. No,
2: it's she the gets rest out. of the town
1: Yeah, <laughs> and she killed her mom mm-hmm. good for her good for <laughs> her <laughs>
4: yeah, her mom, her,
2: mom
1: is a gym. the
3: worst
2: (laughs) worst. Um, Dan
1: where are you on this one God
2: I gotta go with Freddy
1: all right Matt
3: I gotta go with Freddy
1: Kate Reculia.
4: I mean I love Carrie she is my favorite movie monster but I cannot deny my own argument Freddy Krueger is (laughs) the monster who turns your imagination against you and he is he's the
2: opposite of figment yes Mm -hmm. he is
4: <laughs> Anti figment. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> I hope. A- a- that is fan art. I now want to watch. I want to see that uh, that mashup now. That's okay. <laughs> I know what I'm requesting. Next time commissions are open.
1: There you go. And I'm also gonna give it to Freddie. Um, I-, I think that we've made a good argument for getting Carrie to the final two. But if we're talking about like who's the most like Freddie's terrifying. And I'm probably gonna have nightmares about it tonight. Yep. So thanks <laughs> for that. Everybody. I mean, and you don't want to give
4: Carrie a crown like just that did not go well. <laughs> do it do doesn't that. work well. <laughs> no.
1: Exactly. Uh, I, I this. What is going on with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise right now? Because they had that ill-fated reboot with Jackie Earl Haley, who yeah. could not he, he could not fill those shoes. Um yeah. is there anything going on with it right now? I don't
2: think so. I not that I'm aware of fascinating
3: i say i think the most recent thing i mean which isn't obviously like quote unquote true canon but there was the documentary about you know um nightmare Uh two last year yes
4: yeah it's good Um, it's
3: very good which is great it was awesome it was really really good
1: Yes. Agreed. That was fascinating. Well, there you go, folks. That is it. That's our pick for the best movie monster. Were you surprised? Were you furious? Were you terrified? Guess what? When you're listening to a podcast, nobody can hear you scream. But we do want to know what you think. So feel free to murder us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or on our website. To my panelists, I want to say thank you for joining me. You killed it. No, really, I know what you did last summer, and I'm alerting the authorities. Thank you to everyone listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please head to our website to check out the other episodes that we've recorded and to see what polls are open for your votes. Subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Leave a review or rating or consider supporting us on Patreon. And with that, happy Halloween, everybody. We have much more than a dude in an albino Shatner mask to worry about this year. So please stay safe. Bye.
4: Bye.
0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.